the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Thanks and welcome into the show. I have a goal of getting you wealth-created mentality. Uh, A wealth-creator's mentality is probably the right way of saying that. I have a goal of getting you to retirement. Then I think you're going to need to manage it a little bit differently because I'm just not that smart. My money's um, become more complicated as I got older, and I started doing better and differentiated strategies than just wealth accumulation. Doesn't mean I had to do that. We'll talk about it, okay? I'm going to be as honest as I can on this show. Talk about saving. Talk about investing. Talk about insurance. Talk about business models, not fashion models. 20, 30 years ago, I might have been talking fashion models, but today we're going to be talking about business models and investing and learning how to do things right. Okay. First and foremost, there's a lot of financial components in your life when you're younger and trying to learn how to like navigate the financial process. I think the easiest thing to do is in your 20s, be who you are, try to marry wisely, make sure your education is good enough for a career. If not, go back and get more education or change careers. And when I say good enough for a career, career meaning how much are you going to earn versus how much do you want to spend? If you get a job paying $100,000 a year, that's $1 million in 10 years. That's $4 million in 40 years. That's barely enough to retire on. No, no, no. Let me give you a thought. That'll create $160,000 a year of income in good High interest rate environments, not so much in bad, low interest rate environments. Now, what did I just say? Bad, low interest rate environments. That's pretty fascinating, right? When interest rates are super low, it's telling you something's wrong with the economy. It's not producing enough inflation. No, no. That's what we used to think. But low interest rates implies struggling economy. High interest rates imply an economy that's too hot. And then there's Goldilocks who likes to meet just in the middle. I think just in the middle is 3% on the 10-year treasury. Around 3.5-4%, I'm much more in interested investing in income than I am invest, interested in investing in stocks. I, become a, I still invest in stocks, don't get me wrong. But I become very, very picky. When interest rates are at 1%, all I did was invest in stocks. If interest rates go to 5%, probably all I'll do is invest in income. Income can be bonds. It can be uh, S&P, low volatility income index. It could be an S&P, low valuation fund. It could be real estate investment trusts. So when I take a look at the current 10-year interest rate, and you could do this by going to Yahoo Finance. You could probably do it at CBS Market Watch. You could probably do it at CNBC. Wall Street Journal, whatever your favorite financial media place is, 
turn on CNBC for 10 minutes, you'll definitely sit in the lower right-hand corner. It becomes much more, I become less interested the higher interest rates go on the 10-year treasury in stocks. I become much more interested in other things. Okay, I don't want to get too much into that, but I think we're moving from a 15-year period of super low interest rates, i.e. nothing but stocks as an option for me, to more of a moderate, maybe it's more of a blend right now. Maybe I'm trying to stock pick a little bit better. And the Federal Reserve is saying things that make me want to go, I think I better be prepared for more income. So a lot of my research has been skewing that direction. Fed has decided the U.S. needs a growth recession to rein in inflation. That's bad news for job seekers. The chance of an economic soft landing is faded. The Fed is pushing for a growth recession. The phrase describes a period of below average growth, rising unemployment, and slowing inflation. Fed said that they want to bring some pain. So this this episode or this segment could be replayed 100 million times over 100 million years, and it's the same concept. The Fed controls interest rates. I was talking with a market strategist yesterday. And he said some great stuff. Um, very smart. I'll post on my YouTube channel later today. Adam Phillips from EP Wealth. But I, I threw down a really hard question. I said, all things aside, don't you think it's been the low interest rate for the last 15 years that's driven the stock market to above average returns and above average expectations? And he goes, um, yeah. It makes me and you a little less needed if people understand interest rates are a big component in investing. The biggest component in investing, in my opinion. The biggest component in returns on real estate, low interest rates. A low interest rates mean you can afford more risk, more home, more everything because you're getting charged less interest. Now, it's not all you need to know. You also have to have some nerves of steel. But if you're 20, all you need to do, in my opinion, is manage your 401k. Try to get as much in as you can, 15% of your salary. If that means eating ramen noodles between 8% and 10%, that means eating ramen noodles. I'm fine with that. If that means you know um, being creative in your uh, dating life, Instead of spending, you know, two hundred dollars on a dinner, two hundred dollars on a show, I, I I say you grab some charcoal pencils and draw each other for one night with a cheap bottle of two buck chuck wine. Done that many times in my life. It's had some pretty humorous results. I pulled out my oil paints yesterday. Like kind of losing my afternoons to wasting time. So I'm like, I need to start painting again. I get up early, I stay up late, but my afternoons are like my my time. Okay, so number one thing you could do is your 401k in your 20s. You can make some financial mistakes. I think that's good. You can get the dating hubris out of yourself if you have that. Um, I was desperate to be in love and I dated too many people and I said, you know, this person's going to be my love, this person's going to be my love, this person's going to be my love, this person's going to be my love. And then in my 30s, I, I finally settled down with the wrong one. 
And there was many before her that were the right ones. And that marriage lasted under a year. So I married very, very poorly. But you know what? I didn't have kids and I didn't stay in it too long. So I think that's something you could do in your 20s. I kind of delayed my 20s because I started a career. If that makes any sense. I focused, I was working 14-hour days pretty consistently throughout my my 20s. Um, I'm surprised I'm still alive, all things considered. So it's that kind of simple. The Fed Reserve is the number one thing you look at. Number two, in my opinion, the jobs report. 10-year treasury number one, under 3.5% to 2%, you buy stocks. I don't think we're ever going to see 1.5% on the 10-year treasury again. Over 35 3.75%, I think you buy income investments. Number two, the jobs report, the first Friday of every month, super important. You don't want it too low. Remember, you're looking for Goldilocks. She was a pretty cool chick. You don't want it too low. You don't want unemployment at 2% because then everyone's able to tell their boss, take this job and shove it. I'm not working here no more. But you also don't want it at 6%. Somewhere between 3%, 3 3.5%, 4% is perfect in my mind. And the number three thing that you look at, and I haven't looked at it in 15 years in large part because it wasn't important, was the CPI index, consumer price inflation. Because that can change your relationship into number one and number two. Number one, the 10-year treasury. Number two, the employment numbers. Number three, the CPI consumer price index. Those are the three only economic data points I need to start really building a good investment thesis. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find that interview that I did with Adam Phillips, EP Wealth Director of Portfolio Strategy at Rob Black Show later today. I put it up once a week. I include it in my Super Friday Best Of podcast. That's right. My podcast is four days. What I do on the air, Friday is the best of those four days. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. First hour of my show, I typically try to dedicate to strategy. Sometimes I skew off that. Second hour of the show, I typically dedicate it to topical daily news. Um, It doesn't always work that way, but I'll give you an idea of what I did yesterday. I'm pretty honest with you. I think to a fault. Um. I I have a spouse who's mad at me for some of the things I've said about her family on air. She's like, they could be listening. I'm like, I don't really care. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I I, I think unfiltered is is the way to go. I've had ideas for podcasts called like Raw Black Raw. No music, just me and someone else in the industry talking at a bar. Or me and you talking at lunch with a microphone. I've had a concept of Rob Black After Dark, which is a drinking show where it's a call-in show and you can call in with love or you can call in with financial questions. Um, Love is expensive. It's a big part of the financial component to getting you to retirement. So what I did yesterday is a little bit goofy. And again, it's a little bit too much about me and it doesn't have to be about me, but I'm 50 plus years old and I'm still figuring stuff out. I think that's a good thing. Um, so I'm probably old enough to be a lot of your kid's dad, right? <laughs> You're saying, duh. If I'm right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love credit card rewards. 
I save anywhere between two and five percent more than you because I use credit rewards on all transactions. Now, again, that's not true totally. I don't use credit cards on my mortgages. Um, but if I could, I would. And no, I'm not going to pay two and five percent to get two percent back on a credit card. I'm not going to be that kind of tricky. Although I see those stories on occasion where someone uses a credit card to buy a Tesla. And you're like, okay. Uh, it's just not my thing. So yesterday, okay, here's my credit cards. I got a city double cash, which is good for everything except for my travel, my hotels, um, my flights. I guess it's travel, right? Um, I've got a Hilton American Express, which gives me diamond status at all Hilton hotels and Hilton resorts, plus one free night a year. Um, that's been pretty effective for me when my kids were small, doing soccer tournaments, getting that platinum membership and check in super fast, as well as points and free stays and using those transferable points to airlines outside of the ones that I typically use. Um, 3% back on all hotels and travel. I use a dining card, Chase Sapphire preferred for travel for restaurants, for hotels. Um, I'm dropping my Hilton because my kids got older and we're no longer, I'm too big of a man to stay in a room with another child, with another man, essentially. A man child. He's a man, baby. Um, one area that I've really failed in is a credit card for good gas purchases and good grocery stores. And I found it yesterday. For me, I use Verizon. I think you're, you know, you have three choices in mobile. Verizon has a pretty good card for grocery and gas combined. And it's not a $500 spin category. I hate those. We'll match 3% up to the first $500, then 1% thereafter. I'm like, no. That's the bane of my existence. But the Verizon credit card, it takes $10 off every line that I use and family of four. So that saves me about 10% to 6% on each phone line. That's pretty good right there because my phone bills are, you know, 160 bucks. So to knock off $40 here and there, um, plus it gives $100 back. I don't really care about the $100 back. Um, but it gives 3% on dining. Don't care about it. I already have a dining. on Verizon purchases. Eh, Okay, so maybe I'll be more inclined to use it to buy my next Apple phone. Probably not. It's there if I want it. It gives me 1% on every other purchase. Boring. City double cash trumps it. But 4% on grocery and gas purchases. So yesterday, I I did my thing. I got another card, and I canceled one. What sucks is I changed my credit profile. I canceled the Hilton American Express. I didn't know. Wait, wait, let me correct that. I didn't cancel it. I downgraded it. Instead of paying for the premium version, I downgraded it to a non-paying annual fee. So I still have all my points. I still get the 15 times points when I go on vacation at a Hilton property. I still can get ridiculous, you know, um, Hilton hotels with that. But again, I'm not going to do that very often. Although in October, I have to go to a a seminar 
and be away from my home. So I don't mind staying by myself, but it's just not as functional. To be honest with you, I'm looking for an Airbnb card um, because my kids are big. My kids are large. We just went to Old Town Alexandria and had an Airbnb. And again, I didn't use my Hilton card, right? It's kind of a wake-up call. Wake up, Mr. Block. You slept in. Um, and what we did was we got in an old town, Alexandria, which is a very old city. It's got cobblestones. George Washington and founding fathers helped form our country in old town, Alexandria. It could have been Philadelphia. It was that kind of the importance in the American Revolution. So my kids got to stay in a house that's 10 feet wide, four stories high. I'm six one. So when I'm walking through the place, I'm like, if I laid down, I take up about the whole width of this place. And it's cool. It's an old wooden floor, but you get the idea. So I picked up the Verizon card. So I now I need one more card down the road. And it, it's probably an Airbnb rewards somehow, some way, some shape. I'll find it. It may already even exist out there. I've just never thought that I needed it. So again, on the Verizon card, um, I get 4% off on grocery and store and gas purchases. And you can do the math on this and you can save a lot of money. You know, what are you spending at the grocery store a week? $400. So let's say that's $1,600, right? A month. How much do you spend on gas a month? Um, Let's say $100. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I have an electric vehicle, but I also have my truck uh, that I take to the mountain on a basis. How much is my Verizon bill? Okay, 160. How much do I spend at restaurants? Let's just say 100, just to throw that one in there. I'm going to put nothing else on the card. When I calculate it, what I'm going to save every month is $74 for a free no annual percentage great card. $74 every month times 10 is 740, 810, $880 a year for my grocery savings, my gas savings. And my uh, wireless phone bill savings. I wish that it would give me protection on my cell phones if I lost them or damaged them. It doesn't. There are cards that do that. Um, but mathematically, Ryzen's credit card makes a lot of sense for me and my family where we are today. Shea Sapphire Preferred, Verizon Credit Card, City Double Cash. Those are my three primaries. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Family member of mine is having a birthday today. Buffalo Bills and Los Angeles Rams are going to kick off the NFL season tonight. I've already felt like I've lost in the fantasy football league because I'm not in a fantasy football league because I don't have time for it. The NASDAQ was a winner yesterday, as was the SP and the Dow after weeks of going lower, trying to hit those and hold those summertime lows on Wall Street that were put in in June. If they do, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. A retest is not bad. I got an email or actually a text message from a friend who's like, I'm down 15% for the year. I'm like, have you looked at the last 10 years, you ungrateful mother? I'm like, do you need a tissue? Do you need me to go get you an adult diaper so you don't wet yourself? Year's not over, number one. I think you're going to see the stock buybacks that are going to be a big part. But also that at some point in time, the Fed's going to pivot and say, you know, enough's enough. Right now, we're expecting 75 basis points from them in a couple of weeks. And the data still shows that, that they should. Inflation's still high. Now, again, next week, we get a CPI number that's going to be a biggie. As I like to call them, a biggin. 
Apple. Let's talk Apple. Four new iPhones, including iPhone 14, 14 Plus, the new Pro models that run on advanced chip and feature fancy cameras. Next generation Apple watches with new temperature sensors that can controversially help track ovulation cycles, which I don't need. I don't think I do. You got souped up AirPods with better noise cancellations and six hours of listening time per charge. Good. I just took a flight where the, the AirPods were like dying after four. And I was like, one more hour, one more hour. Oh, there goes the left ear. It's like the left engine, the plane just went out. I'm like, I can get there. I can get there. I can get there. I got there, but I had to recharge. Marginally better gadgets aren't growth drivers, what they used to be for Apple. So with smartphone sales plateauing globally, the company's now embracing something it largely used to avoid selling online advertising. You're going to hear more and more about this. Apple's got much smaller piece of the online ad sales than say rivals Google or Facebook. It started carving out a bigger slice a study that came out from AppSumer found that Apple's advertiser adoption rate rose four percentage points year over year in quarter two, while Facebook's dropped three percentage points and Google slipped two points. I still own shares of Apple for the reason that I think virtual reality is something we'll be talking about in a year from now or augmented reality. And I think two years from now, maybe three years from now, you're going to see a sign up for an Apple car and it's going to make Tesla signups look silly. Netflix warned over immoral content. Seven Arab nations, including Saudi Arabia and Egypt, threatening legal action over Netflix unless it removes material that violates Islamic and societal values and principles. Uh, No specific content was highlighted, but I would suggest that Netflix looks at their LGBTQ plus themes and characters. Persian Gulf states have clashed with the United States media companies over such same uh, sex kisses. And content before they got into a tizzy over Pixar. I know you're saying Pixar. You talk about the company that made Lightyear. Yeah, same-sex kiss featured in in Lightyear was basically a problem. Disney's trying to come to the help. It looks like of old, old Elon Musk and Twitter. Disney says they were looking to buy Twitter in 2016, but pulled out because they found a substantial portions of users were fake. Right now, you're listening to fake Rob Black. I'm not real Rob Black. I'm fake Rob Black. Elon Musk, who's attempting to pull out of buying Twitter on account of the bots, replied, interesting. Cineworld has filed for bankruptcy. Slow return to movie theaters wasn't enough to bolster the finances of the Regal Cinema's owner. So the world's second largest cinema chain filed for Chapter 11 yesterday in court in Texas. I find that a little bit sad. I don't find it ironic. But I do find it sad. And Bob Iger came out yesterday and said, you know what? Americans are going to be seeing far less movies in the movie theater in the future. Movie going won't return to pre-pandemic levels. So says Bob Iger. He was a CEO who really did well at Disney. His replacement, Bob Chapik, is struggling to get the stock price moving. Uh, Iger says, I don't think movies ever return in terms of movie going to the level that we were at pre-pandemic. He stepped down as the CEO of Disney in February 2020, handing the reins to Bob Chapik. He said the choice is the main reason moviegoers have not returned to cinemas at the same pace as before. Choice. There's a lot more that we can watch and not different types of screens. People have become a lot more comfortable with streaming services while in lockdown. They grew to enjoy the content on the platforms. He thinks flexibility and being able to watch and choose what you want to watch and when is better than looking at a movie theater that's movie starts at 7 15 we got to get out right now we want to get dinner at five and oh the movie sold out 
Like we don't want that anymore. Or one time when I was in a movie theater, oh, the annoying guy next to me, right? From January through the end of August, the box office has generated about $5.3 billion down around 31% from 2019. It remains on pace to deliver about $7.5 billion. The box office tally for 2019, i.e. pre-pandemic, was $11.4 billion, so we are a long way from it. And I'll be honest with you, I think Game of Thrones at home is impactful. I think some of the choices that we see at the movie theater, eh, I can wait for it to come out. If I were to see Game of Thrones or House of Dragon in a movie theater, I'd probably wet myself. Like It's that big, that scope, but they don't do that. I, I'm tired of superheroes. Enough already. And if we're going to do superheroes, let's just do three a year. Let's not do 12. 800-516-1220 or drop me an email, Rob at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. Taking a look at what's happening today as far as what's driving Wall Street, the ECB follows with an aggressive rate hike. This is interesting because Europe is struggling with natural gas and natural gas is used to fire up factories. It's used to warm up homes. And Russia's cut it off saying, we're not going to turn it back on. We look at you, America, and we blame you. You're hiding behind Europe. You don't have the same exposure to pain and hurt that they do. Lack of conviction on Wall Street stems, I think, from this kind of conversation. Market participants are waiting to see if there's follow-through. Or is this a sell-on strength? Fed Chairman Jerome Powell might have uh, to say today at the Cato Industries, the Cato Institute's monetary conference. That's getting away, underway just right about in the last 45 minutes. He's driving everything right now. Interest rates are driving where we're going. As interest rates hit 3.25%, the stock market stalls. As interest rates drift back down to 3%, 2.75%, the market rallies. So we need to get to the point where we know where rates are. If we're going to have confidence, latest initial jobless claims report hasn't done anything to sway the market from thinking the Fed has to raise interest rates 75 basis points in September. Uh, continuing jobless claims for the week ending August 27th increased by 36,000, but the jobless claims, i.e. you're fired, you'll get unemployment sitting at 222,000. That's a really low number telling you that labor's strong. So we're going to see a slow growth recession is the expectation without a lot of hiring. So the ECB fired off a 75 basis point increase to help fight inflation. But again, they're going to hit a rough winter where it's going to be cold. And you're starting to hear antidotal stories of Germans are now starting to take cold showers and hang their laundry on laundry lines as a way of not using natural gas to warm up the dryer to dry their clothes or warm up the water to take a hot shower. It's going to be an interesting six months. Have we put in a bottom? I don't think the Fed can raise interest rates to infinity, but they're not ready to lower interest rates or move sideways either. I think we're in a trading range and I'm okay with that. It's a good time to shop for what you need in your portfolio. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Want to work with a financial planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I spent a large part of yesterday listening to Apple's product release that they do every September. I really thought they were going to announce that they got the NFL Sunday ticket. I was wrong. 
but the NFL didn't announce it, but they were supposed to. I'm like, whoa, interesting. Apple introduced, let me, let me go over what they introduced and I'll show you how I take notes. Apple introduces the iPhone 14 and i14 plus. The iPhone 14 will feature a 6.1 inch display and an iPhone 14 plus will feature a 6.7 inch display. It will be 15% faster. Both phones will feature 12 megapixel cameras with autofocus. Both phones will feature an A15 chip. All US models will have no SIM tray and instead will be activated with eSIM. It will feature crash detection and automatically notify 911. I like that. Magical and enriches people in some way. I dig that you get into a car crash and your phone's calling 911 for you. Now, they, they showed some really cool car rollovers and it working, and Apple does presentations pretty well. Here's the thing that, I, that blew my mind. I was like, about freaking fracking time. Apple's going to work with Global Star. Global Star stock is one, if you want to try to short term trade, you might be able to. So, if you are up in the mountains and you get lost and you're dehydrated and you're about to die, as long as your iPhone has charge, you can make a satellite fo- emergency phone call. How many times do we hear about a family driving home from Oregon gets stuck in the snow? The dad decides to go out on his own and he freezes to death while the family gets rescued two hours later. Uh, honey, you got an Apple phone? Let's just go call a global satellite and ask for help. That'll save some lives. I think that's actually a plus in society. The iPhone 14 will start at $799. The iPhone 14 Plus, which is bigger, $899. Now, that's just their standard phone, the way I look at it. Apple's done a really good job of introducing what are called pro products, which are premium versions of the phone, the watch, and the AirPods. The iPhone 14 Pro, same sizes. Phones will feature new app alerting system for background activities. It'll feature an always-on display, which, okay, it's cute. Google's had that for years. It'll have a 48-megapixel camera, which is stunning. Versus a 12, the amount of resolution that you can get and recropping and resizing of photos, is, is it's there. That's what I do a lot of. I don't take good photos, but I edit photos into great photos. It's going to be an A16 Bionic processor. It's going to have Apple Fitness Plus subscription. It'll be available to phone owners. All day battery life. iPhone 14 Pro starts at $999. And the Pro Max starts at $1099. Available September 16. Now, What's interesting about that is, you know, will you pay essentially $100 more? $200 more for the base version and $200 for the bigger version. Um, If you take a lot of photos, I would, but that's me. That's the only reason I see to get the Pro Max or the Pro. They introduced the AirPods Pro 2. It's going to feature an H2 chip, which probably means nothing to you. To me, it means high bandwidth connectivity. A new personalized spatial audio system means very little to me. It's going to double the amount of noise cancellation over the first generation, which is pretty cool on a flight. When you put your AirPods in and you hear nothing but the music or nothing but the TV show you're watching. Um, But is that the reasons to upgrade? I don't know. It's going to feature adaptive transparency mode, which will cancel out construction noises. Okay, it's getting a little more technological. Six hours of listening time with a single charge and 30 hours from the case. The AirPod Pro 2 can be charged with an Apple Watch charger as well. $249. 
that's a lot of money for something you can spend $15 on, on uh, AirPods, not AirPods, but uh, musical uh, earpieces, plug it into your phone. Right. Um, And I got my kid uh, wireless beat headphones for $49. I ain't spending $249 on them. He's good. He ain't that good of a kid. The Apple Watch Series 8, it's going to have an always-on display. It's going to be swim-proof and crack-resistant. It's going to feature a new temperature sensor along with existing health features. Temperature sensor will figure out how much your temperature has changed from its baseline. So it doesn't actually read your temperature. It tells you if your temperature is going up or going down. It's going to be great for ovulation tracking and sensing. Um, (laughs) You you pick it up when I'm putting it down there? Four colors, several new band options. It's going to be available September 16th, $399 or Wi-Fi $499 for cellular model. Not only do you pay another $100 for the cellular model, but you're going to pay another $14 with Verizon or AT&T to have that service plugged into your phone. But they also introduced the Apple Watch Ultra, 45 millimeter case, a little bit bigger. It's got a new feature action button and a second speaker. Wait, wait, this is the watch? The Ultra? So they have a pro version of the watch, right? 36 hours of battery life, new watch face that is customizable for extreme activities and outdoor adventures. It's essentially going to be for the high-end athlete, the big hikers out there, those kind of people. It's going to have new features for scuba diving that will you know, stay on underwater. It's going to feature a siren that can alert people of your location up to 180 meters away. I am American, so I don't know meters versus miles versus feet versus, you know, okay, 180 meters. I know a meter stick. Uh, is it three feet in a meter or something close to that? Like, uh, so it's going to make loud noises. Global Star Satellite did really, really well yesterday after it was announced that Apple was going to use the satellite enabled services for certain of its products. Um, would I buy Global Star on that alone? I probably wouldn't. Um, but back in 19, oh, let's see if I can get this right, 99 probably, Global Star sent me a satellite phone and it was the size of a shoebox or at least a size 12 shoe. But it was kind of cool. I went on vacation to the Bahamas. I took the phone with me and I was able to make phone calls from the beach. It was all that in a bucket of chicken. Maybe down the road, this is setting up Apple to go more Global Star and less Verizon and AT&T. Probably not. But with Tesla and their Starlink, um, they just signed a deal to provide mobile services in rural parts of America for a wireless provider where they don't have towers. So you can kind of see how a lot of things are converging. Uh, Steve Jobs' daughter came out and said, yeah, Apple, the Apple 14 phone isn't that much different than the 13. Good job blowing it. And suddenly I was like, man, I wish I would have dated her. Can you imagine dating a billionaire's daughter? The pressure not to mess it up. I would have messed it up. I'm happy with what I got. <laughs> really seriously. <laughs> uh, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Coming up more on the markets, what's happening and why. Maybe a little strategy mixed in, some news of the day. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.